This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I am Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E.G. Black. Hello. And with our special guest for this week, Callum. Hello. So today, we're looking at minutes 83 and 84 of About Time, which opens with the continuation of Kit Kat describing how she's the faller, which she says doesn't make the grade, who stumbles, who life trips up, maybe I'm our faller. And Tim says, no, no. And then we cut to the bench. But, I mean, just this whole exchange, it's seeing Kit Kat so serious, it's it's almost heartbreaking, really. Well, right, you know, by, it takes a lot. By labeling it, she is essentially suggesting like she doesn't have any hope of changing. Yeah, I do think this this scene with Tim and Kit Kat is, especially the bit where they're walking along the beach. It's just some of Tim's dialogue is a bit odd for for a, a brother sister. Like like when he says, "My darling," topical with like it, he topical almost, with my well, wife. You know they're weird. weird. She jumped on top of him in bed. Yeah, you know I mean that. But he, like, in the scene where he's talking to her on the beach, he almost sounds like her dad, like, like, yeah. like talking to her as a child. Like, it, so you, there's a, there's quite a sort of divide in their kind of personalities. And, but, but you can tell. One that, minute sister, that, one minute daughter. It is a bit of a yeah. weird relationship. And I think that. I, I like it in a lot of places. I admire. I think their it's, cons- it's consistently points, weird. Yeah. Yeah, like, I I slightly think in places it goes too close, but for the most part, I admire their close relationship. I think it's partly just due to Kit Kat being so like she she needs to be needed and wanted so much that it just comes out in in sort of unusual ways. And like that, like if it was like a friend or like a boyfriend, then it might not be as weird. But because it's her well, brother, it, it plus looks... at this point he just became a father, so he might be. Slipping into yeah, that that's role true. really easily. Yeah, that's true. I I find it weird the top equal with my wife line. I because I mean obviously I don't know how 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 someone you know how exactly strong the feeling is towards a spouse, but I'd imagine it's really strong. That yeah. The idea of comparing your sibling relationship, even if it is as much, it's because a, it's so different. Yeah, it, it just seems an odd comparison to make. They might be equal feelings. But they're different feelings, if you know what I mean. They're different. But you don't want to call her your second favorite person or something like that. It yeah, weird. I think yeah, it's just a. I think, I think, I think he, that's a good phrase. To be honest, I think at, at this at, at this point, Kit Kat's so desperate that like Tim's just trying to phrase whatever he's saying in the the way that's most likely to yeah the most likely way. To and remember, in, in his narration at the beginning. Which is from the future. She was then and he still says, is about the most wonderful thing in the world. Yeah. So. Yeah. I can't remember that. That was, that was good. <laughs> I can't remember my own outro to the show, but I can remember that. <laughs> so then Tim says he's going to tell Eric a secret. This is just, I, we'll get to this. <laughs> um, now, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this is quite a sort of significant moment in the film, not because of just what's yeah. happening within the, story, but because it's the first time Tim actually shares his ability with someone else. Now, 
he's gone back in time in the past to change things about other people like when he went back in time to meet Mary or went back in time to help his flatmates play go smoothly like that's all affected them but they've been unaware of it and so in this instance Kit Kat's actually being made aware of the changes that are happening and what she needs to do to enforce those changes because like I said in the last episode, Tim could have easily gone back in time by himself and just, like, distracted Kit Kat so she doesn't meet Jimmy. But he, yeah. instead, he takes her there himself and makes her do it because I think she needs that, that feeling of having accomplished something herself. Otherwise, I think she could easily have had this spiral down into... Happen again later in the Yeah, day. even if Jimmy wasn't involved, it could have still happened in a different scenario. And I think that's why he took her with him in this time travel journey. I think I could get into this now, but it'll go into next week as well. I think that's the message this moment in the movie wants us to take, is she has to fix her problems. He can't. Because even when he comes back and has to, like, fix it all over again in a different way because the baby switch and not help Kit Kat, they still sit there and they want to help Kit Kat get better because that's the point of the movie for her, is that she has to fix her own things. Yeah. And I think this... it's a good message to take out of it, really, yeah. that you can be there for other people, but you can't sort their mess out. Well, this this is also, there's a, there's a way of looking at the movie where there is no time travel in the movie. It's just his way of telling this story of his life as he grew up and became a parent and, like, looked after his sister and dealt with his father's death. And in this moment, that fits that, is it? I, I couldn't just go back and fix my sister's problems, but yeah. I could be with her in the present and help her do it. And I think up until this point in the film, the film needed this moment of sort of groundedness, if that's all. Letting us know more as to what he can't do. Yeah. We're basically, this is the turn into the final act. Yeah. And it... 80 minutes and 120 minute movie. Because I think... It's so much later into the film than I remember it being Mm -hmm. as well. I mean... Well, it's it's preparing us. Luke... Bad things are going to happen. I mean, Luke, you mentioned that this, this scene or sequence is, like, one of your least favourite bits in the film, I know you still love it because it's your favourite film, but I think for me, it's almost what kind of makes the film uh, makes me love the film because because yeah. I think if it had just been like two hours of just like quirky trips back in time to fix his mistakes he made as a awkward British middle class guy, it, it, it would have got just old very quickly and I think we needed that moment of realism and kind of... Yeah this moment where we were grounded in reality to realise that time travel doesn't fix everything no matter if he went back in time by himself or whether he took Kit Kat with him, like, or even if the thing with the baby changing didn't happen, like his his effect on uh, Kit Kat um, not meeting Jimmy, like, that might not have made a difference, she would have, she may have still like spiralled out of control into this kind of depression that she mm-hmm. falls into so I think it, I think it definitely helped the film not kind of spiral to sort of out the realms of possibility. I mean, I know obviously it's a time travel film, so you've got to suspend your disbelief a little bit. But um, I think it helped kind of make it a bit more grounded. I think it matters that this is a romantic comedy about time travel. Both of those kinds of stories depend on this idea that you can change one moment and it changes everything that comes after. And ultimately the point of this movie is that you can't fix everything, even with time travel, even with like the magic of romantic comedy. Things have to 
people have to fix themselves. You can help. You can be there for people. You can look after what matters in the day. But with, especially with this kick-ass thing, this, I might get into this, this in the next few minutes, is I kind of dislike some of Tim's decisions with this moment. But it's why I like the movie. Mm, yeah. Is this mm. segment is because that, that, like that review we read on, like, there's no struggle. The dude lets his sister almost die so he can not have his baby rewritten. Yeah. It's both a horrible struggle for him and kind of a dick move at the same time. And I love it. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the lowest point in the film. I, I suppose, I suppose the dad's death arguably could be the saddest. But this is like the preparation for that. In, yeah. In terms of the, the character arcs, I think this is definitely the lowest point for both Tim and Kit Kat. But I think with Tim, it's a more, a much more subtle realization until he gets to the point where he suddenly, it hits him in the face that he's not going to be able to change things without it having huge repercussions on his life, on the life of his kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'll discuss more when we get to a specific moment where my problem is with this. As I said, it's still a wonderful film. I don't want to. I want to make it very clear throughout that I love this film, and this sequence is still a great sequence. It's just, there are issues I have with it that have led to problems that I have with the film. So, Tim goes to tell her a secret, and she makes a promise to keep it. She says, we've always kept secrets. We have. You promise you won't ever, 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 ever tell. I might have got the number of evers wrong, but it doesn't matter. KitKat says, yes. And he says, I can travel in time. We get her reaction before we, we cut to... Which isn't cupboard. much of a reaction. We just cut to the cupboard. We don't need a reaction. Yet. It's fun. I think it's also her reaction, I think, tells you a lot about her character. Because like we mentioned before, she is quite childish. Yeah, she's in, whimsical. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And this she, could be a game. She, she doesn't... Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. She treats it as, like... Because she does have one moment where she's like, what the hell? This is, like, madness. Like, but... I think most of it is just like she's just in awe of it all, and I think mm-hmm. that's that's that sense of sort of childhood wonder that's that's in her. Whereas with other people, if Tim was like showing them that he could travel in time, they'd probably just be effing and blinding everywhere, just in in well, disbelief. Like Tim's response when James tells him, you know, it's the whole this this is this weird joke, and then it's the whole if it's true, which it isn't, which it is, mm-hmm. but if it is, which it isn't. You know, that that whole exchange, it's like, he doesn't believe it, whereas she's instantly like, yeah, of course it's true. <laughs> she, <laughs> might, she might not instantly believe it, but she's intrigued. But she, but she, she hasn't acted like as if she believes Tim. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, whereas Tim, when James if tells... It's a game, well, she's not worried about making a fool out of herself. Yeah, when, yeah. T- when James tells Tim, like, Tim sort of rips him to shreds and acts like it's a complete joke, and his dad's just absolutely mad. But when Tim tells Kit Kat, it's just this sense of, like, intrigue and, and wonder... And she just wants to know more, regardless of whether it's a joke or, or not. I just I just thought of an interesting way to take this moment, thinking of it, like there being no time travel, is she knows Tim came to their home to look after her after she almost died, right? Mm-hmm. She knows why he's there. He's mm-hmm. trying to help her fix her life. The I can travel in time could be the start of like an almost like therapeutic conversation. It's like, okay, close your eyes and picture the moment you got together with Jimmy. Did you already have a drinking... Like, it's going back through her her process of figuring out yeah. what could you change about your life. And so, she, yeah, of course she's going to go along with it. He's and also, she loves him. And she's hardly like, talked about this reading, but I do really like this reading. Yeah, but also, like... Well, I think this is where it starts to matter. 
all the things that he changes when he goes back in time, or she changes when she goes back in time with him. She doesn't have to go back in time to to make those changes. She could just make them in the present, mm-hmm. and 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 they might be better changes. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I think your your reading of of the film works especially well in this scene because you it could be viewed as an almost sort of therapy session in which Tim is saying, okay, imagine you could go back in time and change that evening. What would you do differently? And she tells him, oh, I would not hook up with, with Jimmy and, like, just enjoy the night, blah, blah, blah. And then Tim could say, like, well, what, you, you can, you can make those changes now in the present. It's like, yeah. what's stopping so it's you? It's the present version of that change. Yeah. Yeah, that's and they can really, have that uh, conversation in the dark too if they don't want to like make eye contact. It's awkward. Yeah, exactly. Like, go sit in the cupboard and talk about. Oh, it, like, I'd love, I'd love to see a version of the film where the whole time travel aspect is just a sort of a coping mechanism. <laughs> it'd, be a, it'd be a lot more sort of morbid, but I, I mean, it, I mean, it'd be like in Community with Our Bed's Uncontrollable Christmas. Yeah, you know the idea that I mean, I, I, Callum, have you seen Community? Is when no. it's Christmas? Okay, well, there's a there's a Christmas special. And there's this character who's always obsessed with making TV references. And he has a mental breakdown in which he pictures everyone as, like, stop-motion, plasticine-animated Christmas movie characters. And the entire episode is, like, stop-motion-animated. But it serves the purpose of it being his coping mechanism to the situation they're in. Mm-hmm. So this could definitely work in a similar light. And I, I, yeah, I think it's an incredible reading that I hadn't even I thought mean, about. I mean, I'd be interested to get Richard Curtis's, like feelings on that interpretation, whether he's heard of that before or not. Richard, email us. Luke at Luke Callan, the KDK. And Kit Kat says, why are we standing in the cupboard under the stairs? Which means that Tim got her as far as to enter the cupboard. Yeah. Before she asked how to travel in time. Yeah, she didn't, he uh, didn't even mention in the, in, when he initially told her that he can travel in time, that we have to go into a cupboard. Can you imagine? Like, everyone thinks Kit Kat's having a mental breakdown. But what, what what must she think of Tim in this situation? Right, I think what we need to do is find people who've never seen the film about time, tell them we're time travellers, and see what would happen if we dragged them into a cup. No, what you should do, edit a version of the film where he doesn't, there's no mention of the time travel. You just see Tim just occasionally walk into a cupboard and just stand there and then come out. And well, my, my favourite shot, in, in like, my edited version of About Time, is when he walks into a cupboard, closes the doors, then opens up again and leaves. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like there would be a way of editing the film that just makes Tim look like Tim he's looks so completely weird, insane. Yeah, like, you cut out the conversations with his dad yeah. and everything. I could do... I, I'll do this at some point, because I was looking forward to doing the other edit of About Time, and now I've basically finished that for the most Yeah, no, part. cut out the conversation with his dad, and cut out the conversation And every time they mention time travel. Yeah. And it's just... And or also even, cut, even, cut out the sound effect that is when they go back in time. So it's literally just complete silence. He's just standing in a cupboard. Mm. So yeah, anyway, so Tim says, because we're going to go back in time and you're going to do some things differently. kick says, I love it when you're funny. And he says, grab my hand, close <laughs> your eyes. And I mean, I think we should just slide straight into 84. Anyway, so minute, so, minute, eight, so Tim turns, turns off the light. 84. 84. I'll take this And we one. get the... F- we get the flashback because there's there's a lot before the dialogue. Because uh, he clicks off the light, we get the hands because she grabs them, and then we get flashes, which get really confusing for me because you know I've been obsessing about the order they put these. Although we do get shots that are nice, we get Kit Kat and Jimmy walking. That isn't something we've seen because it's her stuff. 
and they they seem to be having an argument, but they're dressed up to go somewhere nice. We get Kit Kat and Desmond with Posey, Tim and Mary on the wedding night, uh, the when they're making decisions about the wedding. Kit Kat with her vodka, which doesn't quite make sense, because that I got the impression that was like the day of the party, and so that should have already been erased. Her passed out on the couch after the wedding, which we saw before. And that brand of vodka, by the way, is on the thing behind her, which is a nice prop decision. We get Mary and Tim kissing, which is... Interesting, because he's flashing back for Kit Kat, but we're getting his stuff as well. So yeah, that, yeah they both it's kind of telling us stuff is going to get weird. I mean, that was... It's uh, telling us that they're both remembering different things. Yeah, I was yeah. going to mention that, like, all these flashes are from, like, some of them are from Kit Kat's memories, and both, some of them right? are from mm-hmm. Tim's memories. And I guess, in a sense, it's kind of a bit confusing to show all the stuff with... Tim and Mary, because, like, that's not what this scene is about. But right. the repercussions of that of this scene end up affecting all that. So I guess this is almost a way of foreshadowing what's going to happen. So one of the shots we get in the flashback of Kit Kat on the bathroom floor. Yeah. Like, the fact that the only purple she's got is her wristband is just... It makes it so raw and real. Well, also, you can barely tell in that shot she's holding a bottle. Yeah. She's in the bathroom drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the fact that she's just got a towel around her as well, yeah. it, it make yeah, it's just, I, I, I think if you showed me this picture, just, and just sent it to me, I'd assume it was her in another film. Like, I wouldn't have realised that that was, yeah, that that was a, a moment from this film. Yeah, we get Mary and Rupert in here. It's, it's, I suppose there's quite a contrast in a way, because Tim's memories have kind of progressed from, like, him kind of failing at life, like, struggling in love, to being in a happy marriage. Whereas, yeah. whereas Kit Kats has done the opposite. She thought she'd found the perfect boyfriend, but then her life spiraled out of control. He was abusive, and because of that, she's now ended up in this depression. So to have these memories sort of interwoven and flashing back and forth, it's, it, it creates quite a sort of stark set of imagery, really, which leads into this scene quite well because it's such a sort of pivotal moment in the film. Yeah. It's also interesting we get all three versions of Tim's meetings with Mary in this flash. We get them on them on Joanna's balcony. We get her with Rupert, which is the museum, and then we see her outside Dance Lenoir. Mm. So yeah, so these are things that haven't happened that he's remembering. Well, for Tim, he still remembers them. I think. Oh yeah, because we're going back through Tim's life. So Tim's life involves time traveling. Yeah, yeah. which which would also be why when Posey is switched, it's problematic for him. He doesn't just remember the new one; he still remembers the old one, which is even worse if he goes back and fixes it again because now he remembers both. No matter what happens yeah. after that point, he is lost. I've got, I've got more comments on that when we get to that specific yeah. bit. So after the flashback, me being... Oh, no, no, the, no, no, uh, no. The... You forgot that, okay. me. Because the order is wrong. He gets to the Amelie poster, which is the morning of the shot where Kit Kat comes into his room. Which is literally the morning after the party he's trying to get to. I'm like, yeah, perfect. Then we get him leaving the house, which is like six months after that. And then we get Kit Kat running away from Desmond, which is sometime in the summer before that. And so he missed twice by a bit. It's harder to time travel with another person. That's yeah. what this well, because they both got to concentrate on the same moment. Maybe, and also, and she doesn't, and she know, doesn't that. know what she's doing. Yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing. So yeah, maybe she can influence it. She's just like, la la la. Let's go see this. See this. Yeah. Let's go <laughs> yeah. If, if he'd if he'd opened the cupboard door at like a second earlier, they would have been in a completely different moment in time. Mm-hmm. To, to go into the dialogue now, right? Almost. He turns Almost. on the light. He turns on the light, yeah. He turns on the light, she opens her eyes, and for a moment it looks like she noticed his outfit changed, but it is barely changed. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a jumper, he's got a coat. 
Like, I mean, you could have done that while the rides was closed. And I mean, that's a that's another contrast between Tim and Kit Kat. Like, Tim's outfits are always so sort of formal Similar, and, yeah. and like plain. They're sort of unnoticeable. Whereas Kit Kat, she's got this flower crown and all these bright colours. Yeah, she's dressed up for this New Year's party. She knows yeah. her outfit. Now you can get to dialogue. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my arson god in a box. <laughs> nice set decoration. The things in the cupboard have moved, which is nice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was a good good move there. Yeah, I do like Kit Kat's outfit at <laughs> the party. I didn't give much attention to it at the actual party scene, but it's such a... Like, they're both making very different impressions. Like, Tim's trying to ensure... Like, I think even at this point, he's after love. Like, he's there making sure he looks good in case he meets anyone there. Whereas Kit Kat's just like, I'll be me. Yeah, flamboyant. (laughs) Also, just before we uh, step out the cupboard, as it were, I just want to make the um, point of the fact that, basically, Tim's sort of time machine in this film is, like, the complete opposite of the sort of stereotypical... I mean, I'm sure most people think of the TARDIS when they think of time travel. And it's this, like, huge, bigger-on-the-inside, like, alien machine. And you couldn't get any further from that, like, getting in a cupboard, which is almost smaller on the inside, to, to try and travel in this Yeah, film. But in the same way, both the TARDIS and this do the same thing in normalising time travel. Yeah. Like, back in the 60s, you know, it, it it looks silly going inside a police box. Now it doesn't, because police box means Doctor Who more yeah. than it means police box. Yeah. But what this does here, in making time travel so odd and making it so awkward, makes it so normal and realistic. Mm-hmm. It makes... That I think it makes, if he had a weird time machine, it would just not work. I'm not saying it, it should have had a, like, TARDIS equivalent. I just think it's it's quite funny how, like... The TARDIS is bigger on the inside, and Tim's sort of time machine equivalent is almost, like, the closest you can get to something that's smaller on the inside, a cupboard. Yeah. Although anyway. it's still also bigger because it has all of the past in there. Oh, wow. Very good way <laughs> Anyway, moving on. So, yeah, so, as Kit Kat walks out, she says, You're kidding! I can go anywhere in time and you bring me back to the worst party of all time? Look at my note, by the way, Luke. Yeah, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Old people, finally. No, I went back to the earlier footage from the party. There's old people all over the place. We just didn't notice them. Or maybe in the, maybe in the original version of the party. No, uh, I went back to those minutes and looked. I'm like, huh. Maybe people. We just didn't care. In the original version of the party, James had just forgotten to invite old people. So then he went back in time <laughs> and invited a load of old people. And so then, whenever you see the party from now on, there's just way more people and have more. It gets even more fun when we see where James is at the party. Yeah, yeah he was he's in a previous scene. We just couldn't see him. Yeah, I think it's. Oh, we see him briefly dancing with the young people, don't we? Yes. But yeah, I mean, I think this does prove what we were saying before. Then that the young people, the old people, were just in a separate room. Mm-hmm. Or older people. I mean, I think yeah. that I yeah. think that does happen at like family. It was just, and it's Tim's memory we're seeing. We, ju- well, I just found it odd how many young people that Tim didn't know who they were were there. But assume that there are more older people. These are just the kids of the older people. That yeah. makes more sense now. That's so, the biggest mystery of the film. Yeah, it's who made the invites for this party. Why did they choose these people? So Tim says, "Fred, so let's go. We've got work to do." Kitgal says, "What work? Making sure you don't meet Jimmy Kunkan." Sorry, Kinkade. Kinkade. Why did I make it sound Italian? <laughs> I don't know. Kinkade. It just didn't look right when he, when I read it. Read it. Okay. 
we'll ignore that. Um, maybe cut it out, or maybe it's funny. I don't know. <laughs> and then Tim says, "Quick, in here!" And she says, "But he's about to fall in love with me. Not this time, he isn't." <laughs> I think it still shows her innocence with all of this. Yeah. that she still believes. I think she it's, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, her sort of feelings of how she views sort of events in her life is that it's all sort of destiny and and fate, and that like it was always meant to happen. And so, yeah. why should she change it? Like, well, and that's, and I think, what makes her struggle. Of... Yeah. Also, I think it's interesting, she just called this the worst party. But I think, really, in this moment, when she's realized this is the part where she meets Jimmy, when she met Jimmy, that was a great moment for her. Oh, yeah. No, However, she... it went later. So it's like, you go backward, and suddenly everything's fine again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange, definitely. But I, 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 I like it, and I think the, the quote, the main problem I have with this comes in Friday's episode. Or maybe next week, I haven't really checked. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, but I'll try and talk a little bit about it in Friday's episode. So, I mean, anything more on the visuals or any sort of concluding thoughts? Well, yeah, because the, there's a little more at the end of the minute because we see, we'll find out her name next minute, but we see the waving girl from way back at the first time at the party who, like, Tim awkwardly waved to. She sees Jimmy and kind of just leaves the guy she was talking to before. And we see Jay is there. He's talking to somebody. This is after... I went back to the earlier party and figured out when this happens. This is after Tim walked away from Polly the first time. And this is, so it'd be right before, in editing that time, it is right before Kit Kat and Jimmy met, so it fits. And then my last note we can save for the next episode. Okay, so Callum, any concluding thoughts on today's minutes? I don't think so. I think we've said, or I've said everything that was on my mind in, in terms of that minute. Um, Bro. So, where can listeners find you on social media? They can find me on Instagram at Calvary Productions. If you want to keep up to date with my latest work, I may not be the most reliable person in terms of frequently I post, but if you want to see what I'm up to in terms of filmmaking and photography and all that, then you can follow me on there. On Twitter, if you want to see me ramble about Doc 2 and just films in general, that's Callum Reed underscore. And also, another thing that I didn't mention in the previous episode was my letterbox because that's become an obsession of mine recently so if you want to follow me on letterbox and see my opinions on films then i think it's just cal cal read robert where can listeners find you website lemmingdrops.com or social media robert eg black listeners can find me on twitter at llama underscore bottle zero instagram the ginger luke facebook luke allen film all podcast radio appearances newspaper articles short films all available at UK. This podcast is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Men's About Time. You can join our Facebook group, The Covered, where you can talk all about About Time, the show, tangents, whatever, all that stuff. Um, and um, we'll be off. Mind how you go. The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions. Mm-hmm.